The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome Thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Ah, good day, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) And to you too, Tom. Thank you. You know, I'm feeling particularly good about our program today. Well, I think you always feel that way. (laughs) But but we do have a special surprise for our listeners today. Well, we certainly do, and, and more on that in just a moment. But first, the reason I think I'm feeling so good is because over the last weeks and months, we've really been blessed to be able to build something pretty wonderful. I know what you mean. Introducing people to the teachings of the Ascended Masters is an honor and a privilege. Well, you know, it truly is a blessing to have this opportunity to share these remarkable teachings with you, our listeners. And, you know, we pray that we're helping to lay a proper foundation that will help you accelerate your journey home to the heart of God. As we've said so many times, what the Ascended Masters offer are spiritual tools and techniques that are not only extremely effective Mm -hmm. and battle-tested, but also highly practical. They work unerringly when properly applied. Yeah, that's true. You you said battle-tested. You know, these tools and techniques are the foundation of a practice of spirituality, not merely intended for once-in-a-while or occasional use. Well, practice is the key word. Practice (laughs) makes perfect. Well, indeed it does, you know, which leads us quite nicely to today's topic. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Our focus today is on momentum. Momentum. Building Mm -hmm. the stairway to heaven one step at a time. You know, so often we've spoken about how easy it is to fall into a pattern of behavior that allows or accepts compromise, Mm -hmm. simply because each little piece on its own doesn't really seem to amount to much. Yeah, you know, those little compromises that we make with life, with our honesty, our integrity, even with our higher selves, often we do it because it's just a lot easier, frankly, than taking a stand or making waves. We can find it quite easy to compromise values, like give in to a screaming child, engage in seemingly minor gossip, cut corners, bend the truth. Yeah, it's a long list. And again, (laughs) we've all done it, and and we're certainly not condemning anyone for being human. Oh, heck no. You know, uh, here's the thing. When we engage in any behavior consistently, good or bad, we build a momentum around it. Right, right. And, and do something nice, and it's an occasion. Or do once, it. actually. Or do, yeah, I should say, do something <laughs> right. once, it's an occasion. Do it repeatedly, and then what is it, Tom? It's it, a habit. It becomes a habit, yep. yeah. And as everyone knows, the longer a habit persists, 
the stronger it becomes and the harder it is to change. And this is not only true for the things we do, but also for what we think and how we choose to feel. Ultimately, we get whatever we focus on. That's the truth. That's how powerful we uh, we are, because as we are so often reminding everyone. Uh-oh, weep, weep, weep. <laughs> this is a redundant theme alert. We are all co-creators with God. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> yeah, you know, too bad we don't have some great echo effect on yeah. that. Anyway, as we're fond of saying, we are all co-creators with God. It is God's energy we use to animate our every thought, word, and deed. So we must take great care in making sure that what we create with God's energy is good. Yeah, because everything we do has a consequence. Karma. Uh, <laughs> and if that <clears throat> if that thing we do is a good habit, we build good karma. Yep. If it's not so good, we obviously we're piling up bad karma. Yeah, I don't want to do that. No. So repeating a key point, we get what we focus on. If it's a negative thought form or limiting belief, we will outpicture what we focus on. So if it's a good habit built around positive beliefs and thought forms, then the result will be obviously positive. Which, I'm sure you all realize, <laughs> helps to explain the power of prayer. Yeah, especially regular, consistent, ongoing prayer, such as daily decrees. <laughs> so you might expect we are advocating making God consciousness a habit. The key to this habit is building momentum. Yep. It's like that famous old Chinese proverb, hmm. the longest journey begins with a single step. Momentum begins with a single act. That's right. You know, a single step, an act, the articulation of a desire, a vow, a commitment. Which brings to mind another ancient proverb. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well begun is half done. Oh, yeah. Well, the first step, whatever it looks like, is mighty important. It sets the tone for whatever is to come. Remember, too, that momentum works in both directions. <laughs> yeah, right. There are positive momentums and there are negative momentums. Yeah. So what momentums are you building in your life? Got one or a couple that you just as soon get rid of? Maybe you've already tried to reverse some negative momentum. Well, if you've done that, you don't need us to tell you how tough it can be to turn things around. Well, especially if it's something particularly challenging. Addictions like smoking, for example, or drinking alcohol, taking drugs, oh. overeating, being critical or impatient, all of, all of these become entrenched uh, through habit. Yeah, and unfortunately, conditions in our lives can lead to actually reinforcing these habits, prolonging the battle to overcome them. But when you apply the violet flame, Tom, consistently oh, <laughs> to any negative situation or habit through regular decrees, well, you just might experience a miracle. <laughs> you know, really, there's there's no just might about it. <laughs> there's probably no stronger momentum you can build in your life than the daily practice of decrees. Sure, prayers said in the privacy of your own thoughts and heart are good. But mm. there's nothing like fully engaging your throat chakra along with your heart chakra to really stoke the flames of positive momentum and positive change. Yeah, and now add a momentum on good words and good works, and you've got something really good going on. <laughs> and not only is this momentum good for body, mind, and soul, it feels good, too. Yeah, and it feeds on itself. You know, one good deed deserves another. Okay, you you said we have a special surprise for our oh. listeners today. Care to share what that is? Jumping up to that one now. Yeah. Yes, well, I'm happy to. Okay. As all of our regular listeners certainly know, we routinely play an interview or lecture from Elizabeth Clare Prophet, one of the two messengers of the Great White Brotherhood who have brought forth such a vast and priceless body of ascended master teachings. Nothing surprising there. No, you're right. But in a year and a half of broadcasting our program, we have yet to hear from the other messenger, 
Mark L. Prophet. And this is indeed a special treat to hear the voice and words of Mark Prophet. Yeah, what we have today we will play in two parts. In just a moment, we'll hear one of the, an excerpt from one of Mark Prophet's legendary Sunday sermons. Now, this sermon, delivered in early 1973, is on the subject of momentum. And as you'll hear, it's unparalleled. Well, and you're one of the fortunate few still around who actually met Mark, aren't you? I did. I <laughs> did indeed. And I have that unique and unforgettable experience. There, there was no one really, Tom, quite like him. I'm sure. Well, then, let's share Mark Prophet with the listeners right now. Okay. My subject is momentum. We all are given allotted energy. With this energy we move and think and act. With this energy in waking hours, even in sleeping hours, the body temple maintains its standards. With this energy we do all things and we are all accountable for it. Just as mankind in the commercial world place what is known as an electric meter or a gas meter in the line of source, interrupting that flow from the source to the customer, so each divinity has a measured amount of energy vouchsafed to them by the Godhead which is put into their hands in use, can be decreased and increased through the use or misuse of the law. This energy is measured and given to us, as Christ said, the very hairs of your head are numbered. So also the energy allotment of mankind is numbered. This accounts for the fact that some people have little energy, others have much energy. There is a law governing the release of energy unto mankind. But the essential and vital fact that I want to promote tonight in your mind is that you are receiving energy which when used by you through either the correct use or misuse of your free will becomes accountable to yourself. In other words, you are charged for it, you are charged by it, You are the recipient of that energy and it is, in effect, a talent with which you secure a momentum. Now, some people say, well, I'm not interested in securing a momentum. I don't even know what a momentum is. Well, a momentum, dear hearts, is anything that you may develop a habit pattern on. If, for example, you elect to be fat, And you want to be fat. You decide you are going to be fat. You will develop a momentum on eating. And you're going to eat until you get fat. And then when you get fat, you're not going to stop eating because you have developed a momentum on it. If you decide you are going to be thin and you're going to diet excessively, you may then do so. And as you diet what will happen will be that you will develop a momentum of habit, a habit pattern, which will produce in you an eventual thinness. Just as people can desire to be fat, so they can desire to be thin. But the habit pattern that they develop that produces these qualities is what I'm talking about as a momentum. Now, we will not only apply this just to the physical body, 
We will apply it to the mind. If you decide that you are going to learn French, you will start studying French. And you will do so diligently. Every opportunity you get, you're going to be at it. If you decide to be Hercules, you're going to be muscle-bound if necessary. You go to your clubs or your backwoods or your own garage or somewhere and you begin lifting weights and you do all kinds of things because you want to develop the quality of your muscles. You develop a momentum on it. And by and by, this momentum becomes larger because you do it. And I'm going to give you a law tonight that Jesus gave you, a law that is very important concerning momentums, and I'm going to show you that momentums are all important in your life. So important that even if you decide that you're not going to do anything about anything, in other words, you're going to be a vegetable, you're going to draw nutrients out of the soil, out of your environment, you're going to pull energy into yourself, you're going to do what you want. Let it be as whimsical as possible. You'll just do whatever comes into your mind. Okay? you will be developing a momentum on that. If you do nothing, you'll be developing a momentum on doing nothing. And by and by, this law that I'm speaking about will come to its own fruition in your world and you will find your cornucopia empty. Empty because you have made it so. Empty and devoid of consciousness, or motivation, except to do nothing. So whether we will or no, all of us are developing momentums. And our momentums determine the kind of a person we are, as well as the kind of a person we will be. Huh. Well, now that sets a tone, doesn't it? Boy, sure it does. <laughs> well, we've got to take a quick break right now, but please stay with us. When we return, we will continue with part two of the special presentation of an excerpt from Mark Prophet's historic Sunday sermon on the subject of momentum. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. 
This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. So, who are you and who will you become? Our momentums provide clear answers to these questions. Here once again is Mark L. Prophet on the subject of momentum. We like to look back into the dingy and dim past with what degree of perception we are able to muster. Some people like to sit and contemplate or meditate or speculate upon who they might have been one day in the past. Then if they discover that they were a certain person, they grab all the history books they can find on that person and began to study their lives or life. And after all, stop and think about it, what can you do about a dead momentum? Nothing. Whatever has been in past history, the die is cast. And in that life, you have fulfilled your momentums. You have outpictured what they have dictated, but you are the one who created the monster or the saint, as the case may be. Not heaven, but you. Individuals like to think that their glory is perhaps in their stars. They like to think that perhaps their stars have dictated to them a certain standard of life or the lack of it. And so they say, well, it's all in our stars, you know. But in reality, as Shakespeare so plainly declared, our faults really lie in ourselves, not in our stars. And so we must learn to outwit the dictates of our stars as well as our past karma. So frequently I hear individuals say, well, it's my past karma, you know, and that is my excuse for not doing anything about anything. Just sitting here, I am actually reaping my past karma, they'll say. Oh, quite so. We are all reaping our past karma. There's no question about it. But we don't have to reap and weep. Do you understand what I mean? We don't have to reap and weep because heaven has provided a way of escape a way of harnessing constructively past energies and still making things right because we will it so. Do we dare today to say that God wills it so that we should be going down, down, down a series of steps? Then why will we think that our past karma is itself conspiring to cast a net and snare before our pathway to trip us up, to make us to stumble. Not so. Our past karma is our past karma. But it need not be a stumbling block or hindrance if it be negative in nature. 
We can outwit it. We can make it right just as a man who has gone bankrupt and thoroughly escaped all of his debtors can, if he chooses in honor at any time, pay up his debtors if he is able. Let us understand this law so that we do not become morally and spiritually bankrupt or dependent upon the whimsical side of life to perhaps ordain our freedom. But if so, by what case of jackstraws does life then elect to choose this individual above that individual? None, I am sure, because just as mathematical precision governs the ordination of the laws in the universe, so mathematical precision, God's as well as man's, determines what man is going to be and what he is going to do, namely, by his own free will act. Someone may say, well, I have struggled very hard and very long. I have worked diligently to escape from my past karma, and it isn't closing round about me now like a net. We remember the story of the man who was a master of yoga, who passed through the jungle and met a king cobra in the pathway. And the cobra was ready to strike its coils at him. He looked at the cobra and he said, Come on, Mr. Cobra. Because what else can one say if you face a, a tarantula or a cobra or something of that kind? You can scream and say, Oh, I'm going to die right now. There's no hope for me. Or you can welcome the return of the currents of your own past energy, your momentums, if you will, what you created that is returning to you now for redemption and to educate you in the whole process. The primary purpose of returning karma is the education of the individual. And in examining many records of many lives, I have found that the universe does not conspire against man, but conspires with him to give him his emancipation, it seeming to be a joy to God to bring freedom and liberation to man rather than see him in the traitor's toils. So let us recognize that in all of these momentums that we have created in the past, there is a way of escape. And that way is through the Christ and through the mystical understanding of universal purpose. How dare anyone say that we are created to do our own will just because we have it? Possessing our own will does not mean that we are supposed to use it wrongly. The purpose of free will is so that the gift of God can be bestowed on us because we do make the right choices. If we make the right choices, in other words, sure, there's a big circle to put your X in and a little circle to put your no in. I realize that. But then, after all, the rewards are greatest when they move with the currents of life rather than against the currents of life. To tell you the truth, no one can win flowing against the currents of life. All you can get, all I can get, all any man can get is destruction, negativity, and 
those results that will be far less satisfying than we ought to have. It's only when we move with the cosmic stream that the dreams of God are fulfilled in us and true joy is made manifest. However, it's plain if we stop and think about it that this is as it should be. But there's one particularly sacred thing that I want to tell you that Jesus said that I promised to tell you before. And this has always been a great mystery to mankind. People have really wondered about this. Let us take the Master's statement now and watch. To him that hath shall more be added. And to him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. This is a strange and enigmatic statement until understood. Christ spake of momentum. To him that hath a momentum of constructivism, of working with the cosmic currents, with flowing with the stream, with allowing the divine Tao to flow through his consciousness, with opening himself to God and God alone, willingly and gladly, more of God shall be added. But to him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Because, and stop and think about this, if you don't put the plus factor of God in your life, what are you putting in? If you eliminate the plus factor of the Creator and His purposes and His will from your life, what are you eliminating but your own great opportunity? It is an utterly bizarre thing for man to think that the Creator of the universe the one capable of creating a physical body like we have, the one capable of creating a mind like we have, the one capable of creating a spirit like we have, with all of the solar powers or soul powers inherent within man, would then be incapable of correctly directing human life if asked. If you ask your father, Jesus said, for bread, will he give you a stone? I believe that the will of God may be made known to man. And I believe that when man gets to know the will of God, it will be proven to be a comforting and exhorting will that will exhort man and inspire man to greater examples of reality. I believe that those that are endowed with God's will will become more complementary to the universe as the universe in turn will become more complementary to them. There will flow a push-pull action of divine currents into and out of that man or woman, and they will not be stymied by circumstances, but they will rise above circumstances, and they will learn to master circumstances, and they will learn to control themselves and their environment. If conditions are not to their liking, they will divert conditions, because such a man or woman is able to do just that. And this is true of any one of you, if you will accept it and be free. Drinking the water of life freely means just that, to accept it without money and without price, because it is the gift of God and the best things in life are free. So, your momentums, your God momentums, these are the gifts that as you accept them and grow in them, will add more of their kind to themselves. 
and you will become a greater and greater person spiritually. And as you grow spiritually, you are going to grow in every way because you cannot experience growth in one aspect of the triune nature of man that will not spill over into all the other triune manifestations. You will always perceive the central axis of love, wisdom, and power. Huh. The central axis of love, wisdom, and power. Hmm. Well, up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please don't go away. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back, and joining us is our friend and regular contributor, Reverend Sidney Bennett. Hi, Good Sid. to be here, gentlemen. Hi, Sid. I'm glad you're here. You know, today, as you heard, we gave our listeners a little surprise by playing an excerpt from one of Mark L. Prophet's legendary Sunday sermons. Let's talk about Mark Prophet for a bit here, um, and maybe you could start by sharing Mark's Ascended Master name and where it comes from, perhaps also share with our listeners some of his many recorded embodiments. I know it's a tall order, but we've got plenty of time, so ready? Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really glad we uh, brought Mark Prophet into the picture today, because not only is he a fascinating individual, but looking at his lifetimes, you see momentums that carry from lifetime to lifetime even though he was in very different roles. He may have been a warrior, he may have been a king, he may have been a priest, and yet you see the momentums that carried him through. Yeah. And before I go into his other embodiments, <laughs> I want to make one comment here about his name, Mark Prophet. You know, people think, well, somehow he took that upon himself because he considered himself a prophet, but that was actually his real name. Yeah. <laughs> he was born Mark Prophet. Yeah. So there was a certain irony in that, I guess, but um, <laughs> it's interesting because people think he assumed it, but in fact it was his real yeah. name. 
Well, you can go back a long time in the Bible. You can find embodiments of Mark Prophet. Well, actually, you can go back to the time of Agnaton uh, in Egypt. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they brought forth the true worship of the one God. And it's interesting because if you look at his picture as, as Mark Prophet, the picture of Agnaton, the profile is the same. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. You know, for thousands <laughs> of years, it's come forward. It's interesting. You do carry forward uh, physical characteristics as well. Um, he was um, Noah in the Bible. Mm-hmm. He was embodied as Noah. He was embodied as Lot. He was... Um, Mark of the New Testament. He took down the, the testimony and as a boy at the time of the, the Last Supper and so I did, forth. I didn't know that. Yeah, really? he was Mark. Wow. Yeah. He was, um, Aesop. I guess it was prior to that time. Aesop's fables. <laughs> shows the unique aspect of, of his well, character. He's a great storyteller. I mean, that's not. A- absolutely. Not a and yeah. he was the origin of Alexander, which one was one of the early, uh, church fathers. And his teachings included much on reincarnation, interestingly enough. And they were banned by the church and removed. Oh, Theodora and, and yeah, I guess they, Justinian. they got rid of his, uh, his, in fact, we had, we had that show recently. I, think we, about I remember, yeah. 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 And then going forward, he was, uh, embodied as Saladin. If you don't know who he was, he was a great warrior of the Arab people. Oh, during the Crusades. During the Crusades. Yeah. And what's fascinating about this, he had a battle with Richard the Lionhearted. Richard the Lionhearted was an embodiment of the Ascended Master Godfrey, who was also George Washington. So here he had two great souls of light. Ooh. On opposing battlefields. You can see how, how, you know, intricate karma gets and complicated right. gets oh because they both had the karma to be where they were. Uh-huh. And, and more recently, um, he was Louis the 14th, mm-hmm. interesting in France. And you mm-hmm. see, you know, just because people are ascended master, it doesn't mean they didn't make mistakes in their embodiment. And Louis did so many wonderful things, but he made a few mistakes himself, <laughs> like we all do. Yeah. And, and so, and then finally, prior to this embodiment, he was, uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And this is a long way to get to your answer because, oh, yeah. actually, I omitted one embodiment. He was also Lancelot at the time of King Arthur. And oh. so the name Lanello comes from the L.A. from Lancelot and from the last part of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And Lanello is his ascended master name. Is his name. ascended master name. Yeah. And, you know, anyone that's familiar with Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, he was the rock star of the 19th century. <laughs> he was one of the most famous people in the world, and his poems result mm. that, that. In the world, that. isn't that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they have poetry concerts in those days? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do. They I, probably, I'm yeah. not aware of that. But anyway, that's a long-winded answer. But, you know, you can't avoid the, the amazing span of lives. You know, we don't know what ours are, but... But they may not be as, as famous as these, but we all have these various times and places where we play different roles on our path homeward to God. Well, and as an aside, I think you pointed out once before in one of our conversations that when Mark Prophet came into this embodiment, his final embodiment, he still had a lot of karma to balance. That's right. You know, one of the requirements of ascension is balancing 51% of his karma, and Mark Prophet was not there. But see, there's a difference between how much karma you have and how much attainment you have. Mm-hmm. He has and always had tremendous attainment. But when you're a king, like it was Louis XIV, it's pretty easy to make karma yeah, uh, because yeah. it affects so many people. Yeah. So it kind of helps. It's a little bit encouraging to us. We may not have his attainment, but he, had, you know, he hadn't balanced all his karma before he came into body and balanced 51%, and obviously most of us haven't. So mm-hmm. we, if he did it, we can do it. We are, yeah. Indeed. Good yeah. example. Well, I, I just got to mention a couple of things about when I met Mark. <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was such a joy. You know, I was on the road entertaining, and I happened to be in Colorado Springs. And um, so I was just getting into health foods, and so I needed some more vitamins. And I was mm-hmm. walking around town just two or three blocks away and and wandered into this, this uh, you know, the uh, Four Winds Organic Center. In Colorado Springs? In Colorado Springs. Yeah. And so uh, I went in looking for vitamins, but I sure found a lot more than that. <laughs> I found a path and a whole, you know, a spiritual path and a way of life. Uh, I'm right. looking for vitamins. Oh, here's God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And, you know, the funniest thing happened. I was sitting at the juice bar, and he sat down right next to me. I looked at him. He looked at me. 
I recognized him, mm-hmm. never having seen him before. And he said to me, so how do you like the place? As if we were old friends. Of course, he, he probably looked at me and thought, well, I know that guy from whatever environment, yeah, you right. know what I mean? And so it was, it was a wonderful way to meet him. Now, people tried to drag me over to what they called, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the center there where they had their main, mm-hmm. main headquarters. They called it La Terrell. They tried to drag me over there for church services, <laughs> but I was in a cycle where I wasn't interested in going to church. Yeah. They finally got me to a couple of Sunday evening services. And so by the grace of God, I heard a couple of uh, sermons, just like we played for the folks here yeah. on, on the air. Yeah. And then we had uh, little fireside chats in the in the fireside room afterwards. But, yeah. you know, the final thing I want to say is I, I think that... Uh, just and, and I wrote a song about him called I Shook Lanello's Hand. Oh, I've heard that song. And, <laughs> and it's become a kind of a favorite song of many people because yeah, it, it, uh, I, I remember shaking his hand and I just I became a songwriter. And and he just took a chunk of his heart and put it in mine through that handshake. And it's with me to this day by the grace of God. Well, and by the grace of God, we, we often say, and we don't mean to kid you too much, but I, yeah. I shook Terry's hand. <laughs> <laughs> I can say. It's pass it on. Yeah, at my memorial service, someone will sing that. I am almost positive that will happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, well, let's turn our focus now to the subject of the excerpt we played today, which is on momentum. You know, it's really crucial to understand, isn't it, that we always have the choice as to what we build in life. And, I mean, we all certainly have a momentum on free will, don't we? <laughs> well, we do, and that's the gift of God, the ultimate yeah. gift of God, because otherwise we'd be robots, wouldn't we? <laughs> God yeah. doesn't want to spend yeah. a universe with robots. Mm-hmm. But people, by their own free will, will choose to be that which is their divine destiny, their divine plan. The problem is many of us have momentums and we don't even think about it. We aren't even aware of it, let alone the fact that we have momentums from previous embodiments that carry it over and over. So at some point we need to sort of have a wake-up call, mm-hmm. look at, okay, what am I doing in my life? What does my look like, life look like every day? What are my thought patterns? What are my momentums? What is it that's there that may be not what I want to be there? And what do I need to do and correct it? And this is the beginning of the path. You know, a disciple disciplines himself. And if we're to be a, mas- a disciple of the ascended mm-hmm. masters of Jesus, then we have to look at these momentums and those that aren't so good in our lives, we need to be free of them. And we need to reinforce those that have gotten us to this point where even we're hearing about the teachings of the ascended mm-hmm. masters. Because it's no coincidence you're listening to this and these teachings are coming to you because you're ready for them. You have the good karma and you have some good momentums, obviously, mm-hmm. that have brought them to your doorstep. And they're the mm-hmm. key to liberation from the bad ones. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of people have the feeling that the will of God is somehow onerous. And I think that Mark made the point, we've made it too, but I think he made the point quite well that it's actually a very joyous experience. It's with the flow of universal life. It is. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what? Kicking against the prick is no fun. Yeah. I mean, after a while, it just doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. And if you can get yourself in the flow of the Holy Spirit of God, your life will change. You will change. And you'll be a different person a year from now than you are today. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark Prophet put it, uh, put it this way. Whether we will or no, all of us are developing momentums. And our momentums determine the kind of person we are as well as the kind of person we will be. So we are constantly uh, creating ourselves, aren't we? Right. And I know we say this over and again, but it's it's obvious and yet it isn't obvious. Mm -hmm. We don't realize that we are, in one sense, our own God in the sense we have created who we are. And if you look in the mirror... You don't like everything you see, then you can change it. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I recognize that too, you probably have many, very many positive momentums that have brought forward. But, you know, we got to go after the little things that, that go against our ability to hold the presence, the light of God within our beings of our Holy Christ self. Mm-hmm. We've got to displace those things of our human consciousness, of our human momentums that have taken up too much space in our psyche for too long. 
it's time to give them the boot. Yeah, and you know, there, there is that point, uh, again, one of the many points we've made about the power of the mind, the power of being a co-creator with God. And you were mentioning, you know, Chinese Proverbs back in the f- previous segment. And uh-huh. it's like, um, if you don't like what's going on, change your mind. Right. You're in control. You're not a victim. You know, yeah, you're exactly. choosing. Take, you know, we need, all need to take accountability for who we are. And that's what understanding the law of karma is. We mm-hmm. take accountability for what we've done. And as Mark Prophet said, you know, we don't have to be bullied by our karma. We can stand facing with God's help conquer it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> which leads to, I'm, you know, a Captain Obvious um, question <laughs> here. What do you recommend for anyone wishing to overcome negative or unproductive momentums? Well, look at how you spend your time. Look at how you spend God's energy. And don't try to change everything at once. It's like New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah. You know how that works. Yeah. But look for something you can change. You know, you can do more. You can give more to God. Set aside a certain period of time every day, preferably I think in the morning works best for most people before others are up, where you can spend time with God. You can reflect. You can meditate. Mm-hmm. You can practice the science of the spoken word. See how it changes your life. That's that one change. You'll build a positive momentum of something. Then if there's a glaring example of something in your world that you know has got to go but you've never really gotten around to it, Work with God. Work mm-hmm. with whatever tools this world has to offer to overcome them. But it's a twofold path, not only the development of things spiritually, but also working all the things that you know really aren't right and you'd like to be free of. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you've mentioned this in the past, and this is something that I think we all know from the Ascended Master's teachings, is that every day we are given a portion of our karma to deal with. And you mentioned, you know, that the morning is a good time. I find that true for me, too, that in the morning I can prepare myself for what it is I'm going to be, you know, doing during the day and set the tone. Right. But also recognizing that something that part of my day is this return of a certain portion of my karma. Right. And, and we don't get up saying, oh, what, what am I going to, what bad thing's going to happen to me today? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, we say God in his mercy and love is only giving us part of our karma today. That's number one. <laughs> Thank God. And number two, the tools to deal with it. And of course, we come back to the violet flame, yeah. which you can repolarize energy and you can mitigate much of the negative karma you have every day. Some things we have to experience in the physical because that's how we learn our lessons. But we don't have to be the victim of our karma. Take time for God. Take time to use the vital flame, experiment with it, and see if it doesn't change your life. Give yourself three months and see see what happens. It's a great great advice, and that's one of the reasons people get up early in the morning and do their do their vital flame decrees mm-hmm. to kind of get a jump on that energy that right. Package. Yep. Well, a desire for instant gratification has become something of a fixture in our culture. <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, that a problem may have taken years, maybe even lifetimes, to create. We want it fixed now. <laughs> the bad news is we probably won't balance our negative karma overnight. The good said. news is the violet flame can accelerate this transmutation process. And this can sometimes be dramatic, can't it? This is the grace and the miracle of this, this hour and this age of Armageddon upon this planet when karmic deaths are coming due. And through the sponsorship of St. Germain, the teaching of the violet flame has been released beginning in 1930s, I think, with, mm-hmm. with the uh, I Am movement and the ability to deal with oncoming karma on a personal and planetary scale. It is the way out. And, you know, the Hindus believe in reincarnation and karma, but they view, you know, it's the eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. you got to balance everything, you know, right mm-hmm. down the letter. And so it's going to take a million years if we've been here a million or whatever. Right. The violet flame is different. It can accelerate that karma balance. It's the gift of God if we will use it mm-hmm. and take advantage of it by our own free will we can change our lives. And so we may not do everything overnight, <laughs> but we can make tremendous progress. And your world will be different. You'll feel different. Try it for a couple of months. You know, don't believe us, but give God the chance to work with you and the violet flame to work with you and see if your life isn't different. Yeah, and, and we're talking um, 15 minutes a day. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it doesn't take much at all. You can do that. We even do it in a car. You yeah. know, sometimes we're driving and just going to be doing some valley flame decrees and it. No, you yeah, do, I mean, you how much time do we do we waste every day in things like driving or waiting <laughs> or so forth? I mean, yeah. you know, every time you're waiting for a stoplight to change, do three violet flame decrees, you know? Sure, even I, a Hail Mary. Yeah, it, it's it's right. it's making use of time in the right way, and you can make progress quickly. Well, indeed, that's a great advice. Well, we've got to take a break here, but don't go away. When we return, we will continue our discussion of momentum and spiritual progress with Sidney Bennett. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And thanks for staying with us, everyone. We're glad you're back, and we're here for more discussion with Cindy Bennett on the subject of momentum. Now, before the break, uh, we were talking about Violet Flame, and um, we are encouraging people to put it to the test. You know, it doesn't take much, does it? It doesn't. I mean, here's a very simple mantra of the Violet Flame. I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. Now, remembering, when you say I am, you're saying God in me. God in me is a being of violet fire. God in me is the purity God desires. Mm-hmm. So it's a very simple, but what you're doing is you're invoking the violet flame to sweep through your aura, through the spaces in between your cells and your atoms. We all got sort of dead weight in there, so to speak, <laughs> of our misqualified energy from this and other lifetimes. It's like a refresher, you know. Try and give that when you have a moment. I mean, when you're walking down the street, when you're in your car, when you're in the shower, time that is kind of lost, Mm -hmm. And a commercial when you got the sound muted on TV. (laughs) Just try it and see what you feel and ask God to show you its impact and show you, you know, God, show me if this is helping me. What's it doing? Let me understand that. And then, you know what? You're going to be building momentum. 
Indeed, you and know, that's how you really change things. Walking up steps. I am a being, a violent fire. I am the purity God desires. And every time you like, like just that, for instance, just when you hit a, yeah. some steps. Yeah, do it. I was just watching you going up those stairs here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, and, and I, I think that you know, for our listeners too, that um, violet flame is a subject that we return to again and again. So, if you want to hear more about that, of course, you can tune into us and hear it. You can also go to tsl.org and look for any information you can find there on the website on the violet flame. There's a lot of it. So yeah. avail yourself of that. And, of course, all of our books cover the violet flame every which way from Sunday. And maybe <laughs> Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, you know, I think it's clear that people don't often consider their choices and habits from the perspective of building momentum. Yet this is exactly what we all do. By our choices, we build momentum, reinforcing our experiences, our beliefs, and so forth. Now, regarding the reinforcement of our beliefs, choices, and habits, there are other forces in play, aren't there? Let's talk about that for a bit. Well, there are. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone that's either smoked or done things that have an addictive nature to them. Hello. (laughs) No. (laughs) I wasn't pointing at you specifically. um, I did. Know how powerful, you know, these addictions are. And, yes, Mm -hmm. they're habits, but they're more than habits. And I think we need to understand, as you suggested, Tom, there are Mm -hmm. other forces at play here. Now, let's use tobacco for an example. We know that nicotine is addictive. In fact, they say it's more addictive than heroin. Mm -hmm. So there's a chemical dependency that's created through smoking. Okay, yes, it's a habit, but it's not just your habit. It's suddenly you've got this chemical part that's preying on you. But there's also another part that most people don't know about it, and that's an energy that's coming forth in what we call the astral plane, which is the lower levels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we want to call it hell because it's different levels, but there are... (laughs) There are entities, for want of a better word, that live on the astral plane that exist because they feed off the light of human beings. And there's a tobacco entity. And when a person becomes addicted to cigarettes, this tobacco entity literally wraps itself around Mm -hmm. the person's body and draws out light when this person smokes. Oh, boy. And for, if you want a visualization, it looks like a boll weevil, which is, of course, is a pest that is has destroyed tobacco crops for a long time. So oh. it's, so you're not only dealing with the chemical addiction, you're dealing with a, a, what we call an astral addiction as well. And that's why it's so hard to stop these things. And it's, it's, you know, it takes a lot of willpower. And that's where having spiritual help to break these momentums, it's not just habit patterns, but there are forces at play here that go beyond us. And, you know, whether it's tobacco or, or alcohol or whatever or drugs you're addicted to, you know, there are things in the world that will help you break these. But if you leave out the spiritual component, it's going to be far, far harder. Well, and you just broached something I was hoping you'd cover, and that is that there's the per- personal momentum of habit. There's also this vast, what do you call it, an astrosome of habit. I mean, that the momentum is much greater. There's a mass force field of energy or entities, yeah. if you want to call, for instance, for tobacco, for alcohol, for drugs, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, and this is sobering when you think about it, and I, I don't know why I use that word, but I, um, you know, we're talking about alcohol, but I didn't mean to. to Hello, to make, my name is. I didn't mean to make a joke, but, no. but let me give you an example of this. And this goes back to momentum. If a person smoked in a lifetime, chances are they're going to carry that momentum over to their next lifetime. Not only physically a momentum, but at this, this energy, this, these entities that are around, mm-hmm. because they don't leave it, even when you leave your body. And what happens is, for example, for an alcoholic, very often what will happen is if they don't resolve that addiction to alcohol, when they leave their body, you know, like attracts like. They're not magnetized to the higher levels of the spiritual realm. They're magnetized to the astral plane where other alcoholics are there because Mm -hmm. they've got these momentums. And what happens is they hang out at this very low energy place 
and, you know, literally they hang out in bars and they try and draw forth the light from people that go in there and take alcohol and because that's they're, they're sort of getting mm. the vicarious experience of drinking. And then when they return to embodiment, there's two problems. One, they haven't been up in the etheric learning what they need to learn in their next embodiment. They've been stuck in the astral plane and they had, nothing has changed for them. They come back and they're an alcoholic again. Wow. So you can see if these momentums or patterns aren't broken, you know, that the propensity to do the same thing over and over again reinforces itself and it becomes a downward spiral. So no matter where you are, no matter what the patterns and so forth you're going through and experiencing in your life, you know, take time to do something about them because if you don't, they're going to carry on. Maybe it's a, a momentum of anger. Maybe it's a momentum of criticism or complaining or mm-hmm. sure. you know, whatever it is. But these don't go away. You know, as Edgar Cayce said, a dead Baptist is a dead Baptist. <laughs> so, you know, you're going to carry these with you. Is that a good so thing? whether you're 85 or whatever, it's worth your effort to be free of these things and to work on them. And God will work with you too. And that's, I, if I may add here, yeah. that's where the science of spoken word comes in. Because when you're dealing with these, these astral entities, that's where you need decrees. You need Archangel Michael and other degrees specifically that will literally cut you free yeah. from these ribbons of steel, in essence, that have been built around you and these patterns. And so you can get that freedom in a much quicker way. If you and, and you can keep it if you choose to. You know, it can be done. Work. Yeah, it can time. be done. Well, this is all really fascinating. So <laughs> what you're saying is that the astral plane has many levels, including places where souls, uh, you know, who share a certain negative momentum can congregate. Sounds a bit like hell, to, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and and various levels, uh, like like 33 levels are there. I mean, what is the correlation? Well, the masters with, with teach there's 33 levels of heaven and 33 levels of hell. If oh, you I will. see. Okay. So, um, and they vary in decree. Obviously, the lower you get in the astral plane or in hell, the worse it gets, and the higher you up in heaven and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, again, talk about co-creators, God. We will determine ourselves where we will go after this embodiment, because what we have magnetized in our lives of momentums and patterns like attracts like. Uh-huh. Yeah. If we have light in our being, if we're generous, kind, loving, and devoted to God, we're going to be magnetized to the planes of light. If we are the other way, if we are negative and dark and have these very dark momentums, and I, I mentioned gambling is a very serious Oh, one. yeah. You, don't, you think that's harmless, but from a spiritual point of view, a professional gambler is really uh, dealing themselves a, a horrible uh, future. It's in not a, a winning hand. You yeah. got to get. You got to get free <laughs> yeah. of these momentums, mm-hmm. and God will work with you. And you know, you can do it. You can make progress. But I mean, this is a this is a pretty intense teaching. Let's Boy, face it. Right. But knowledge is power. And when you have the knowledge, you also have something you can do about it. Which, of course, is the science of spoken yeah. word. Amen. Well, so let's talk about building momentums that are literally become that become our get out of hell card, so to speak. <laughs> Sorry, Monopoly. Just borrowing the concept. <laughs> yeah. uh, truth is, though, hell is jail, and and we do want to get out, but. As we know, there's a price to be paid for negative karma. It isn't free. So what's it going to take to get out of you know where? <laughs> well, well, first of all, wherever you are and whatever you've done, realize God will meet you where you are. Yeah. Okay, You can start where you start. You don't have to change things in one day, but you need to start doing something. Mm-hmm. Start a, a pattern, a momentum of spiritual practices every day in your life that let not one day go down, uh, one sunset that you haven't done something to engage God at one level or another. And again, take advantage of things in the world that can help you these things. But if you want to make spiritual progress, you have to spend time with God every day. Try using decrees. Mm-hmm. They're, they're an acceleration that will change your world in, in a way that nothing I know else can do it, especially if you're plagued or burdened by some of these intense momentums um, that you want to overcome but just haven't been able to do. Well, I, you know, personally, I can speak to that. I mean, I think that has been the thing that really literally saved my life. And uh, I don't mean that in overdramatic fashion. 
Yeah. I mean, I anyway, I don't have to go into detail now, perhaps another time. Well, you know, you know yeah, I mean, it is what I, I it spoke, is. I there is hope, changing. though. Yeah. There, you got to realize there's hope, and God will meet you where yeah. you are today. That's what I, that's what I was yeah, referring I think, to. I think my smoking habit was, was a miracle, because I cold turkey. Ooh. So that <laughs> had to have been a miracle, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another hour has literally flown by, and I'm afraid it's time to wrap things up. I want to thank Sidney Bennett, as always, for his clarity and wisdom. Thank you, Sid. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. And we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us today, too. We hope you find that the subjects we share are illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. We always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. We do. (laughs) Simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. That's okay. And please be sure to join us again. I know you had to do it. That's right. <laughs> well, as we sign off today, something we want to build into our program is a kind of a habit, a momentum, if you will, is a prayer. Sydney, would you like to give sure. us a... Dear Heavenly Father, please charge us with the fire of hope, determination to become more of who we are meant to be. Walk with us this day and help us to overcome Something this day that has been burdened upon us, upon you. We thank you and accept it down to full power. Amen. And, uh, and remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.